Coming up on this edition of Locked On Wizards, we've got to get into the NBA draft. We have NBA draft analyst Matt Babcock on the show as we start to break down the draft prospects and what to expect from the 2020 draft class. Part one today, part two tomorrow, right here on Locked On Wizards. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Wizards. I'm your host, Renee Washington, and today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. We are going to be getting into the NBA draft, and what better way to get into the draft than to bring on an analyst? We've got NBA draft analyst Matt Babcock on the show. Welcome, Matt. How are you? Renee, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. Also, happy to have you here and excited to be able to break down the draft. So my first question for you, Matt, is with all of the changes that COVID brought around the college season, specifically canceling March Madness, not giving players a chance to have a full postseason, and then even changing the way workouts are done, how much do you think this is going to affect just the ability for anyone that is analyzing players to have a chance to get a true full picture since we missed such a big chunk. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously been an interesting time. I, I just wrote an article actually for basketballnews.com about, uh, you know, the effects mostly on, on agents and uh, you know, usually it's uh, it's a two month pre-draft process and it's, it's, you know, it's busy as heck as far as scheduling workouts and team visits. Uh, this is going to ultimately be a seven month pre-draft process uh, without any team visits or, or workouts. And so um, you know, sort of the theme of the article was it's a hurry up and wait type type of deal, you know, at least it was in, in March. Um, and so, you know, everybody's kind of sitting, sitting behind the scenes and you know, players are working out, but the, the teams aren't able to watch them. And you know, everybody's pretty much limited to just, uh, you know, Zoom, Zoom interviews. Yeah. And the, the one benefit is the fact that everyone's in the same boat. It's not like some teams have the ability to see players and some don't. I mean, as you mentioned, if everyone's working through Zoom, it really changes it for everyone. So everyone's dealing with the same issues. We know the draft as of now is expected to be held sometime in November. So with the pushback of the season, with the draft being pushed back and so many things, you know, I'm not sure if it really makes sense if there's going to be a time period where it is safe to have agents and be able to get out and watch these players. And I'm not, I haven't heard anything. I'm not sure what you've heard on that front from the end of the season into leading up to the draft. If there's going to be anything that you think that makes sense to be able to allow teams to be as prepared as possible going into the draft. Have you heard anything about that? Yeah, no, I have. And, uh, so they, they did set the date. So it's going to be November 18th for the draft. And then, uh, so what they're doing is they're setting up, uh, you know, a, a bunch of different like mini combines where players can drive, uh, to, to a local NBA facility, uh, to do physical measurements, uh, testing, um, you know, get their medicals and, and then have a, you know, a pro day video shot, you know, pretty much shooting workouts, you know, one-on-one type stuff. Uh, the teams will not be in attendance. The whole thing will be streaming uh, or, or just, you know, pre-recorded. Uh, so, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's definitely, a, you know, a step in the right direction for these teams, some new information, uh, but still not perfect, you know. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think that the teams that are really going to benefit you know, from this are, are the ones that were well prepared during the season, you know, that they're really aggressive and organized uh, throughout the year and didn't depend on, on March and, and the pre-draft process all that much, uh, you know, but, you know, certain teams that may, may have been, you know, behind 
you know, behind a little bit, you know, th- this could be an issue for them because they're, they're pretty much limited to watching film. And you talk to any experienced scout, I mean, watching guys in person is really important to get a feel for, for a guy. Yeah, exactly. And, and being able to watch them as much film as possible, getting out, watching them in person, watching them in a game, watching them in a workout, you know, being able to see them in different types of settings really does help you to really be able to best judge who you think is a good fit for your team and, and will be someone that's worth drafting. So coming up, we continue talking about the NBA draft with Matt Babcock. Who else gets annoyed every day, come lunch or dinner time, wondering, what am I going to eat? You don't feel like cooking, you've got a million emails to read, you've been busy with work and swamped, and you have so much going on, and your stomach's growling, and you don't know what to eat. Well, let DoorDash take care of your next meal if you want Chinese food, pizza, froyo, anything you have taste for, you can order it through DoorDash. Continue supporting restaurants in your community safely. And there are thousands that are open for delivery on DoorDash that you can now call, order, and now let them do the work for you. Support your favorite restaurants on DoorDash. You've counted on them, and now they're counting on you. So while their dining rooms may be closed, and maybe you don't really feel comfortable going out to get food, or you just don't feel like getting off your couch and changing out of your pajamas, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. So DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right now right to your door. Ordering's easy. Just open up the app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely right outside your door with the new contact list delivery drop-off setting. So with over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos. Anything from restaurants, Chipotle, Wendy's, Cheesecake Factory, you name it, they're on DoorDash delivering contact lists to your front door. So call right now and anyone that's listening can get $5 off zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. So don't forget that's code LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. We're talking NBA Draft Day, November 18th. Circle it on your calendar. It will be here before you know it. I'm your host, Renee Washington, here on Locked on Wizards. We've got Matt Babcock, NBA Draft Analyst, talking through the draft with me on the show. And we've got to continue getting a deeper dive into this year because this year's class and this year's process is like no other around not only what COVID has brought, but 2020 as a whole. Now, as you mentioned with some teams that have the upper hand, so to speak, and, and maybe more prepared than others because maybe they had started the process a little bit sooner than others, so they might have a little bit more to go off of. Do you feel like this benefits any specific type of player or any specific player with not having the, the typical pre-draft uh, schedule that players normally had in the past? Um, I'd say guys that have been on, on you know, big stages, you know, I mean, guys that play at the big schools at Duke and, and whatnot. I mean, the, the, those, those type setups are, are, are scouted heavily. Uh, some of these guys that, you know, sort of needed the pre-draft process, uh, you know, from smaller schools or, you know, for example, like Jay Scrub came from a junior college. Uh, Josh Hall was at a prep school last year. Guys like that, I think, really could have benefited from the traditional pre-draft process. Um, it, you know, it does seem like, you know, those guys, those guys specifically are getting some traction. 
Uh, but I think they would have had a better opportunity to, to kind of make waves if, if everybody was able to see them in person. So it is what it is. I, I, you know, we'll see how it ultimately affects, you know, all these guys. But uh, de- definitely the, the guys that have been on a big stage for a while are benefiting because, you know, they, they got, uh, you know, a larger sample size of, of scouting. Yeah, and I mean, the toughest part about the draft is you really have no idea. You can take all the predictions and odds and stats and numbers, watch them play, and you really don't always have a good idea about how a player is going to transition into the league, especially from college to the NBA, because it's such a difference in terms of physicality, the speed of play, the, the level of play is such a, a step up that you don't always get it right. So now it makes you wonder for this year specifically, when we haven't had a chance to have the, the college postseason and March Madness, haven't had a chance to see players, if this year's class is going to be affected by that in some way at all. I know Obi Toppin was talking about it out of Dayton saying, you know, he felt as though March Madness was going to be a chance for him to take Dayton far in, into the playoffs. He was saying win it all and have a chance to get even more, you know, credibility and, and build his name up even more. But he was like, you know, I think I have done a good enough job at least that scouts know enough about me, but it would have only benefited me even more. So, you know, it, you do, as you mentioned, have to wonder how much, some of these players that maybe aren't getting as much notoriety right now, had they had a chance to have a Cinderella story, we look at someone like John Morant, players, Carson Edwards, that in the March Madness big stage stood, uh, stood out and had a big boost that led them into the draft. But looking at the NBA prospects, I know we continue to have conversations around the top players that we are predicting to be picked in the, that those first opening round picks. Obi Toppin, Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, LaMelo Ball. What's your order of players? I'm going to give you top five. Top five players in order that you think make most sense to be picked one through five. Well, you know, this year is interesting. There's a lot of pair towards the top, you know, and, and there's been a lot of, uh, you know, dialogue as far as like this, you know, not being a very good draft and all that. I, I don't know if I necessarily want to go there because I think the draft is pretty good. They're just not clear cut star players. You know, I think that these guys, you know, the top five right. or six, they all have a chance to be stars, but they're not, you know, they're not surefire franchise players. Um, and so my, my top order, it's pretty loose. If I were to do a big board and not consider the teams, I'd probably go in this order of uh, Anthony Edwards, number one. Uh, probably James Wiseman, number two, LaMelo Ball, Obi Toppin, uh, Denny Avdia, and uh, Kungwu. That would be sort of the, the order I would go in. Uh, but it's all, it's all pretty close. And I think this year's draft, especially at the top of the lottery, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot more of team needs and, and how guys fit uh, rather than just taking the clear-cut best player. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's really hard you know, to be an NBA draft analyst this year just because you know, with, with the parity, I mean, it really could go a number of different ways. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why so many people have said this year's draft class is not as strong because, you know, every year there's someone like a Zion Williamson and, you know, someone that is coming out of the draft that has these big expectations around them. You know, it's someone that we are predicting to come into the league and be able to come right in and be, an, you know, an, an all-rookie, rookie of the year caliber than an all-NBA type player. And this year, these, these players bring something a little bit different. You know, they're, they're definitely, in my opinion, you've got shooters, you've got size, you've got versatility, but I don't think it's anyone that's coming in with that expectation of being an all-star, which actually might help because there's not as much expectation. You think on the other side, coming into the league, someone like Zion, who everybody was predicting to be a top player to ever play in the NBA before he even set foot in the NBA. You know, it does put a lot of pressure on these young 18, 19-year-old players that sometimes they're not ready for. 
You know, some may embrace that and take that challenge on. Some really may not be ready for that. So I think that is something that actually might benefit these players to have the chip on their shoulder of having no expectations and being ready to prove themselves even more. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think one, to sort of piggyback that idea is, you know, the one thing that's interesting is, uh, you know, Minnesota's got the first pick. And, you know, the top three guys that I listed, Mm -hmm. I I don't think are great fits for their team. And they've got some, you know, they're a young developing team, but they've got some nice young pieces. Um, you know, with those guys not fitting well, I mean, there's been rumors that they're, they're looking to trade the pick, which is smart, uh, because I do think, you know, w- when you use a number one pick, there's still an expectation that that guy's going to be a franchise player, whether it's right or wrong. Uh, you know, I mean, you take right. a guy, doesn't fit the roster, and you've got that pressure, you know, of the number one pick type deal. Uh, and, and, and it's a you know, more expensive pick at the rookie scale. I mean, that's the most expensive pick uh, as far as the contract goes on the rookie, rookie contract. Uh, so, I mean... If I'm Minnesota, I would be aggressive to try to trade that pick to, to avoid uh, those expectations. Yeah, that is a great point. I mean, you look at the number one picks over the last years. Um, we talked about Zion, looking at DeAndre Ayton, um, Ben Simmons, Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns. There are a lot of number one picks that have been right. Maybe not immediately. Maybe there was an injury. Someone like Ben Simmons, who was injured, Markel Fultz, who was injured in that rookie season. And then there are some picks that just don't really pan out. And Fultz is the first one that definitely comes to mind. So there is a lot of pressure that comes with that, not only for the player, but also for the team, as you mentioned, that really makes the process difficult going into the draft. Do you have any players, Matt, that you feel like are not getting as much attention that may have the ability to come in and be a player that surprises? And because of um, – I and. I feel as though sometimes these players that are picked a little bit later on in the draft benefit even more because of the fact that they don't have as much attention on them. And now because they're not taken in the beginning to a team that's at the bottom of the league, but they come in and they're, they're able to go into a team that's higher up where they can now be around some top players in the league and be a part of a, a winning franchise. It, it helps them benefit in terms of their transition in. Is there someone that you think is a sleeper right now that is going to potentially make some more noise and maybe people are giving them credit for right now. Yeah. There's two guys that come to mind. We actually uh, on Babcock hoops, we just did uh, two different pieces on them this week, uh, but Elijah Hughes from Syracuse uh, and then Malachi Flynn from San Diego state. Uh, both guys sort of had unorthodox paths of, of, you know, transferring schools. They're a little bit older. Uh, I think both of them are, are, are capable of stepping in and filling a role. And it, it would not surprise me if either guy, if you were to get into the right spot, I mean, could play themselves into, you know, major minutes and you know, maybe be like an all-rookie, uh, you know, team type of guy. Um, and so yeah, th- those are two names that come to mind. Jalen Harris is another guy that I think will probably go into the second round. Similar type deal. I mean, he, he was a transfer player, played in Nevada this year, a little bit older. Um, you know, guys like that, I think, serve value because they're a little bit more mature, a little more polished uh, and can step in and, and hopefully play. Yeah, and I, that's what I think about a player like a Jordan Bell, or even a Tyler Hero. Um, who definitely had a lot of notoriety around him, but some of those players that maybe are able to come right in and be on a team that's winning. And because of their, the fact they're surrounded by better players come into the league and make a little bit more noise and have more success, maybe win a championship or be able to compete for a championship in their early career. So two names, definitely to keep an eye on. So coming up, we've got to get into the wizards who they should be looking to bring in, what types of players they should be looking to bring in out of this class in this 2020 draft. This episode of Locked on Wizards is brought to you by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers 
online for 20 years. And you can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And they have everything, guys. Everything from edging control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. So whether it's for your classic or daily driver, or maybe you're a do-it-yourselfer, you can get all the parts you need with a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. I don't know what gets much better than that. Delivered to your door, sign me up. Well, the rockauto.com catalog is easy to navigate, and you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, choose the best brands and prices you prefer. So best of all, prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? I don't think it makes sense. I'm a bargain shopper. I'm all for saving. You should be too. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us section so they know that we here at locked on wizard sent you again it's amazingly low prices a great selection and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com go check it out NBA draft analyst Matt Babcock on Locked on Wizards joining me, your host Renee Washington, as we are talking through the 2020 class, looking at what they're going through, the changes that we've been seeing in the process leading up to draft day around COVID and around all that 2020 has changed for us in sports. Now, we are on Locked on Wizards, so I have to ask, maybe not a specific player, but in your opinion, what do you think the Wizards need to be looking for in this draft? What type of players, what type of personality makes most sense? We don't know exactly what's going to happen in the future for the, the roster in terms of who's going to be on the team next year, who's going to be moved, who's you know around all of the players, but speculatory because we like to make speculatory com- comments and give our best guesses. If the roster was to stay as is, who do you think makes most sense to add for the Wizards? Right. So they're, you know, they're slotted at number nine right now. And we've talked about the Wizards quite a bit internally with our staff. And, uh, you know, they, they have so much money tied up to, to John Wall and Bradley Beal. Uh, even though, you know, Wall's right. come, coming off uh, injury and all that, it's still, I mean, he's going to be set to make, I think, like $40 million a year or something, something crazy. And, uh, you know, it'd be hard, hard to justify – uh, not not playing him as your starter, so I, I personally think them taking a point guard at that spot uh, would not make much sense, or even even a guard, uh, just because you know you've got you know you've got those guys that that need to be the main guys because you're just paying him so much money. And I, I don't think even if you wanted to, to part with John Wall, um, I, I don't think anybody would take that contract. And so, uh, so some of the point guards, you know, Hal Burden, Kyra Lewis, even though I think they're worthy of being considered at that spot, I'd probably scratch them off the list if it were me personally. Uh, so, that, you know, I think there's some wings that, that look pretty good um, that could kind of blend with their guys pretty well. Isaac Okoro could be there. Um, Sadiq Bay, Aaron Neesmith. Uh, I believe uh, I, I currently have them taken on our mock draft, uh, Devin Vassell from Florida State. Uh, he could play the three, he could play the two. Uh, really long, just a you know solid player. Can you can shoot the ball from outside? Good defender. Uh, that that's I would say that's probably their their likely you know best option as far as going with one of these wings. Uh, if they were to go with a big guy, Isaiah Stewart probably be the guy that I would look at from Washington. Might be a little bit on his high side, and you know a lot of people are have kind of gone away from you know valuing big guys so much. So maybe number nine would be a little high for him. But uh, if I if I were to guess, I would say they go with one of those wings. 
Yeah, yeah. We had a mock draft that um, for, for the Locked On Podcast Network and James Wiseman fell to number nine. So I picked James Wiseman. Um, but, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know, count I on that happening in reality. I don't think he's getting there. Nope. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen in reality. But I was like, oh, this would be nice to dream right. that this would actually happen. No, I, think, I think Tommy Shepard would be pretty happy <laughs> um, about that one if that happened. That's definitely a steal for sure, for sure. But as you mentioned, you know, the, the biggest part – in looking at the draft is looking at what you already have and not only in terms of personality, but also finances and that John wall contract you mentioned is something that they're kind of stuck in, you know, because you can't move him, but that's, that's a lot of money that's being allocated towards John wall and, and in his contract. So I definitely think a wing makes sense and they have to bring someone in that's going to be able to add to what they do on both ends of the floor. So someone like Rui Hachimura, what he was able to do in this past season you know, if you can get a similar personality, I don't know that you can get a James Wiseman personality, probably not going to fall through, but looking for either a big that's a little bit more mobile or a nice winger that can be, you know, a good three or four for you. So definitely need to keep an eye on what the Wizards do um, and hope I'm, I'm sure that all Wizards fans are hopeful that Tommy Shepard gets it right. So my question to you, actually, I feel like every year we kind of have a, um, a theme or something that defines an NBA draft class. What is your thoughts for the class of 2020 that's going to really define them that we're going to, aside from COVID, because that's an easy answer, um, that we're never going to forget this class around COVID and all that it changed, um, and just 2020 as a whole. But what do you think is going to be really the, the underlying you know, foundation of what this draft class brings to the NBA? That right. Sense. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you touched on it first with the COVID stuff. I mean, all these guys, I mean, they're, they're, they're my evaluations are going to be tattooed in my head forever because I've been evaluating them for, it feels like years <laughs> now with this pre-draft process that's never ending. But um, I'll get it aside. You know, I, I do think um, this year that there are a lot of high character kids in this draft. I mean, we, we do, you know, extensive background intel work on these guys. Um, and it, it's been a pretty common, you know, theme with guys of, Hey, these guys are high character. They got growth mindset and granted, not, not every player is like that, but there, there's a lot of guys that I think are going to be drafted on the high side of their market value. Cause sort of like how I described Sadiq Bay, I think there's a good number of players that it's just, Hey, you, you want this guy in your building. You, you want, you, you, you know, it helps kind of create a good, good culture and um, kind of does, does a lot of winning type stuff. And I mean, I, I could give like a long list of guys that I'm just really impressed with that I think are going to maximize their potential. Yeah, oh, I like that. High character guys and, and talking about that growth mindset because, you know, as mentioned, as we've been talking about and even breaking down some of the players, you have to have the right attitude coming in to the league because it's one thing to get there. It's a whole other challenge to stay there. Matt, I know we'll have you back on the show tomorrow, but thank you for joining us here on Locked on Wizards. It's been a pleasure having a chance to get into the NBA draft. Part two takes place tomorrow so be sure to check it out guys as we take a deeper dive into the specifics around the players and the prospects in this class how they will transition into the league and get a little bit more of an analysis of what we can expect from these young guys coming into draft day so be sure to hit that subscribe button follow locked on wizards each and every day for our latest news content and updates around not only the wizards but all things nba and sports with me your host renee washington have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you right back here on Friday for our final edition of the week of Locked on Wizards. Washington out. <laughs>